Hello, and welcome back to the Blame Saver Metrics podcast. I'm Evan Culbertson, and with me, as always, is Brandon Schlotfeld. Hi. I always forget that I'm supposed to talk after you say my name, so hi. Uh, you may have noticed, apparently Brandon didn't, um, that we've been away for a while, uh, since about December, and a lot has happened in the baseball world in that time, and luckily for you, we're going to cover some of it, because there's far too much for us to get to. Uh, we're going to start things off with, now that all of the free agents have signed, Ian Desmond being the last holdout, we'll talk about him later. Uh, go back to the predictions that Brendan and I made way back in November, which you can find on the website, blamesabermetrics.com. And the final tally is that Brandon got four of his 30 predictions right, and I got two. Brandon, how did you kick my ass so handily? Um, I've made my decisions with as little um, intellectual thought as possible. That's All right. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty much how you win these things, because predictions are terrible. And they're never right. Especially in baseball. It's how I win my March Madness brackets every year, because I pick things that are completely unrelated to the quality of the teams. That's, yeah, it's a, it's a total crapshoot. Um, the, only, the only real thing that I got right that is worth noting is that I correctly predicted that Matt Wieters would stay with the Orioles. I wrote a little bit about it in that post in November. But everything else I, I got pretty wrong. Um... Brandon, however, predicted both Cueto and Jeff Samarja to go to the Giants, which is really how he how he handed this one to me. Yeah, because you picked the Red Sox and the Braves, which mm-hmm. I don't know why you picked the Braves for Samarja. I probably wouldn't have picked that. Like that wasn't even on my like my short list of teams. Clearly, you're a lot smarter than me, Brandon. Yeah. Don't need to don't need to rub it in. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Brandon wins whatever prize which we never picked yeah i don't think we ever decided anything you can Um, you can buy me a beer next time we hang out that works for me okay uh (laughs) keep the financial investment low (laughs) all right so with that uh let's go ahead and go into our our topics for this week which again now that it's spring training games have kicked off we're going to talk about our biggest surprises of the off season and i think you'll notice a theme in our, in our big surprises, but I'm going to start things off with the fact that Zach Greinke signed with the Diamondbacks, which at this point has been endlessly covered, and if you're listening to this podcast, you remember remember the day when it happened. And, uh, yeah, I certainly didn't see this coming. Uh, he signed with the Diamondbacks for six years and $206 million, uh, which, of course, as you know, makes him the highest average annual, annual value of a pitcher ever. At $34 million a year. And, yeah, this totally caught me by surprise. I was actually on the waiting to pick up my baggage at LaGuardia in New York when Braden texted me. And he was like, in all caps, too. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was that kind of moment. It was definitely in all caps. And I was just like, what? And uh, my girlfriend was like, what are you, are you... We're in New York. Why are you worrying about this right now? And I was like, you don't understand. This is a, this is a big-ass deal. I mean, I think it was just because we were so confident that he was going back to Los Angeles that it just completely like threw me out of whack. Yeah. Well, apparently he was like still talking to the Dodgers, whatever minutes before the the Diamondbacks swooped in and were like, "Nope, you're coming here." Uh, it's a it's a weird move for the Diamondbacks, if only because you know 
they've been a 500 team for you know the past three four years, and I don't know that Granky in his late 30s really extends their window that much. I don't know. The only other interesting thing about this deal is that it's probably the only deal without an opt-out clause this offseason. Every other pitcher seems to have signed, you know, a huge deal with an opt-out clause, but Granke apparently is is staying in Arizona for six years. Yeah, I think I think what I mentioned before when we were making the predictions is that I mentioned how he wanted to, or he expressed that he wanted to go somewhere where he'd be under, like, less media stress because he... Yeah, he's been pretty open about, like, his psychological disorders. And so, I mean, I think it, it works out for him, at least personally. He gets a lot of money, and then he gets to go somewhere that's, I mean, not the Los Angeles media. I mean, it's Arizona, so, I mean, what hap- right. I don't know what happens there. What happens in Arizona stays there. Apparently. Uh, in that we don't hear about it because we don't care. Though, you know, if they... You know, they made some other moves this offseason that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Uh, but maybe they're in contention for a couple years. Paul Goldschmidt being there really does make it seem like he can, he can Miguel Cabrera them to a division title. Though, with all the moves the Giants made and the Dodgers being the Dodgers, it's hard to imagine that being a wide-open window for them. Yeah, I would still take the under on 80 wins. Yeah, it's... It's a weird move to spend all that money. Hey, but if it works, then we look stupid, so that's fine. Exactly. I'll, I'll probably be watching them a lot regardless. I think they'll be, like, an interesting team to... for like, just an interesting team to watch. For me, I think my biggest surprise this offseason, and it's... Of course, you mentioned there's going to be a theme. It's definitely the Shelby Miller trade by a mile for me. Because the Braves just robbed them. Yeah, so the Diamondbacks sent number one overall pick last year, Dansby Swanson, uh, along is with Ender Dansby? and It's Dansby. It's Dan- I thought it was Donsby. Like, is it wow. Donsby? I thought it was Donsby. Or like I- Densby, maybe? Dons- Dansby? It is, I don't know. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't look like a Dansby. Uh, it sounds cool. It's like Donsby Swanson. Now, so like, it's like Donzig? Yeah, like Donsby Swanson, not like Dansby Swanson. Look, I don't, I don't know what this dude's name is, but we are calling him Donsby from here on out. Okay. Which I've never even heard as a name. I thought it was like Hornsby, but with Dan on the front. I like Donsby. Yeah, I like Don for sure. I guess you could do Dan for sure, but I like Don. Yeah, so once again, we talk about the pronunciation of players' names on this podcast. Uh, the Diamondbacks sent Donsby, along with Ender Enciarte and prospect Aaron Blair, to the Braves for Shelby Miller who, of course, the Braves had acquired for Jason Hayward from the Cardinals the year prior. Uh, Brandon, why was this such a surprise? I mean, that's just a, a lot. I think I know they were going after, they needed another pitcher. They were going after Jose Fernandez. And I know, I'm, if I remember correctly, what they offered wasn't enough, so then they just gave it to the next, they gave what they were offering to the next team that, that they called, I guess, and that happened to be Shelby Miller, who's probably, like, a, I don't know, third in the rotation, maybe? Like, I don't, I think that's just way too much for Shelby Miller. I mean, he could, I, I could see him being a number two, and I was, you know, him having been a Cardinals prospect, I was pretty high on him when he was in the Cardinals organization. 
and really excited about his future, but he's not Jose Fernandez. Uh, and I don't think he changes the Diamondback season. You know, like, Greinke is a difference maker. Shelby Miller helps complete, like, a team when you have all the other pieces, but that's a lot for Shelby Miller. I totally agree. I mean, Shelby Miller, I mean, he's no scrub. I mean, he was, at least by fan graphs, where he's, like, 3.4 wins last year, but NCRT was 3.3 wins. Like, you're only upgrading 0.1 wins. Like, you just trade away one of your best players for someone who's marginally better, and then you throw in one of the top prospects in baseball, and Aaron Blair's no scrub. Yeah, I don't think Aaron Blair is, you know... I mean, I like Aaron Blair. Like, I think he's going to be... I think he could be what Shelby Miller is now. Like, I mean, obviously, like, he's in... He's triple, a few years away from yeah, that, but... Well, yeah. I mean, he hasn't... He's in AAA. He finished on AAA last year, so, I mean, we don't know what'll happen, but... I mean, he has a great changeup. I'll have to send you a video of it, because it's... It's it's a pitch. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Blair is, is definitely something, but I think this deal's too much, even if it's Donsby and Ender Inciarte for Shelby Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we get we keep getting back to this difference I mean, in, like str- in wars. Yeah. But Ender Inciarte put up a five-win season by Baseball Reference War. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not sure what the why the defensive metrics are so different, but he's 25 years old, and he's immensely valuable. Throw in the number one overall pick, and... I, I wouldn't trade that for Shelby Miller. And then you add, like, a top prospect? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like this is either going to... I feel like this is just going to come back and bite the Diamondbacks in the ass. And, I mean, not even not even one, like, five years down the road, but even, like, ne- even as early as, like, next year or the year after. I mean, who knows? Maybe Shelby Miller is a 5-1 pitcher in Arizona or he, or his arm falls off, but... I mean, as of, like, I try not to judge trades, like, in hindsight, because I feel like they're better off being evaluated when the deal's made. And just by going off of that, like, this, I think this is the worst trade. Like, this is the worst move to have in all offseason. I'd probably agree with you. So, while we were talking about shortstops, uh, our next topic is Johnny Peralta of the Cardinals, who we have our first spring training casualty tore his thumb ligament and is currently thinking about going under surgery and might miss three months, which is not great for the Cardinals because they don't have a ton of depth in the middle infield. Jed Jerko. <laughs> Jed Jerko has never played shortstop. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, yeah, let's just get into it. Jed Jerko, who they acquired this year, uh, this off season. Actually, he did play 29 games at shortstop last year. And how'd he do? Um, not great. <laughs> yep. Uh, is best as a backup to Colton Wong, who is their future second baseman, or the second baseman of their future, rather. He's already their fucking second baseman. Uh, and who they just extended. So he's like a platoon partner for Wong. He's not an everyday shortstop. Jeff Sullivan and Fangraphs proposed Oledmiz Diaz, who's in the organization now, as a potential for the, you know, two to three months depending that Peralta's going to be out. And Diaz is okay. He hits lefties okay. He's not really much to write home about, but when we're talking about a sub, it probably is a more Cardinals move to just pull up someone for a few months than to trade for Ibar or Ruben Tejada or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Like, the most likely scenario is probably Greg Garcia or... Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. Oled Mies. Uh But they could make a move, I guess. I mean, the Braves probably would listen on Eric Ibar. But I don't... I mean, I don't... If they traded for him, then hope he's really good for three months, then trade him again. Yeah, because they don't need Ibar <laughs> and Peralta yeah. at all. Though Ibar did quietly have a pretty good year last year. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's too good to be a backup, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a shame Ian Desmond signed with the Rangers, because the Cardinals could have done that. Yeah, and then, I mean, yeah, this won't happen now, given the the Diamondbacks. But, I mean, either, I mean, the Diamondbacks have Chris Owings and Nick Ahmed, too. True. But, yeah, as far as, it doesn't just, doesn't sound like a Cardinals move to trade for someone to use for two or three months. Right, the only way I would see something like that happening is... I mean, given I mean, how good the Cubs are going to be this year, I could see them doing something like that, because they can't really afford to like lose any extra games based on like if they just put in an internal option there at shortstop, but I think they'll be okay. My guess is that the Cardinals are more worried than they want to let on, as far as the Cubs are concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Pirates are going to be good again, but I don't think they're going to be. I mean, who the fuck knows? The Pirates can keep being good, and the Royals can keep being good, defying all expectations. But I think the Pirates are clearly the number three in that division. Uh, whereas the Cubs, at this point, look head and shoulders above the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, worrisome. I mean, I don't think the Pirates are clearly number... I think the if... The Pirates finished second and the Cardinals finished third. I wouldn't be surprised, and if that were flipped, I wouldn't either. I think they'll both they'll be two three unless something amazing happens. Yeah, I mean that division was so good last year. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Ian Desmond, though, we can we can talk about him. He signed for one year and eight million to play outfield for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, I mean it's just like. Ian Desmond's like financial situation, how that's evolved since the the thirteen fourteen off season has just been incredible. I mean, I don't think you can really blame Desmond for turning down that extension though. I mean It was like seven years though, right? Yeah, it was seven years and hundred and seven million. It was like hundred and seven, hundred and ten. I don't think it was an even number. It was it was like hundred and four, hundred and seven. But I mean I don't blame him for turning down that money then, because obviously like you, you don't know what it's going to happen afterwards. I mean, did anyone, if someone told you that Ian Desmond was going to have like a really bad year this past season, I probably wouldn't have believed it. I mean, anything can happen, but I certainly wouldn't have expected it. Yeah. Desmond was the model of consistency, you know, power and speed and acceptable shortstop play Mm -hmm. that, yeah, him falling off. And then he turned down the qualifying offer to, no, he's not even playing shortstop. He's playing outfield. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, it is kind of a bummer. Though it is a one-year contract. So if he, especially in Texas, if he hits really well, he could probably get himself a nice, you know, four or five-year deal next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he has a total bounce back, and then he'd, of course, have to prove that he could play shortstop again. Right. But if he could do that, because he used to be able to, and at least... When he was a defensive liability, his bat made up for it. Right. So, it's it's just a bummer, honestly, yeah, is how I, I mean, feel about that. I mean, I don't even have anything, like, snarky to say. I mean, I just feel bad for him. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly, truly, like, feel bad that this has happened to him. Because I like Ian Desmond. Me too. Both of us thought he would go to the Mets. Yeah, I... 
who knows? We just we shouldn't predict free agents next year, but but we should. Yeah. Okay. While we're while we're talking about contracts, um, another one that happened a little while ago, but we've been gone a little while, was the Salvador Perez renegotiation extension. Yeah, I don't like this. You don't? No. I mean, I think mostly this was done because the Royals felt bad that they were just giving him what's, like, um, relative, like, chum change for his production levels the past few years. But, I mean, they've just used him so much. And just one of these days, he's just going to break, and it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's been discussed at length especially because of the Royals' postseason runs, just how much of an Iron Man he's been. Mm-hmm. But I don't... He's still he's still valuable, but he has kind of stopped hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, his power his power output went up last year, but... Yeah, the past yeah. two years, he's really become below average at the plate. I mean, and then if he's not hitting and then he gets injured from catching 160 games again, then, I mean... It's just, I mean, I don't think it's gonna, this is gonna look bad. I mean, I can understand it at least from, like, I don't know, like an ethical point of view, at least, that they felt bad that they were giving him so little money, but they really didn't have to, I mean, they could have just restructured it and then not added on two more years to it. They just could have, like, restructured the last few years and maybe, like, an option at the end, but now that it's just, it's like a total guarantee of $52.5 million to someone who might not be serviceable after this year like health wise i i don't know this is yeah. what we, this is what we would call a, a like a typical royals move like in 2011 i hear what i hear what you're saying but just to just to counterpoint by the time this deal ends in 2021 uh two presidential elections from now uh he's only going to be 31 mhm so if he's going to have you know, a good few years left in him, they're probably going to be these next few years, and then he could be out of the game by 31 if he keeps catching this much. But right. I think that they're they're gambling on this being the time that he's valuable. And, you know, $52 million isn't a ton. It's, it's, not, it's not throwaway money, but if they have to eat a few years of that, I don't think they're that worried. Well, I mean, it's um, not like the Royals are, like, a broke team anymore. They went to the the World Series two years in a row. Like, they have more money to spend now than they did three years ago. Right. I don't know. I don't think they're as worried. I totally hear where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I also think that, like, he's going to be interesting to watch as he ages. But he's still so young. I'm which, granted, always, yeah. it's a lot of wear and tear for someone who's so young, but... I don't know. I don't know. I'm always just wary of extensions in general. I mean, I get why they're done, but, like, I'm always just very, I don't know, don't like giving them, I wouldn't, at least if I were in that position, I guess I would be hesitant to give them a bunch of money in this situation. I probably wouldn't even have done it. I would have allocated my resources elsewhere, probably to the starting pitching, if we're going to be honest. How do you feel, how do you feel about that Molina extension? It was after 2012, it was a five-year extension for, I don't know how much, but it was after his, uh, the year he finished fourth in the MVP voting, he had 315, 373, 501. 
with 22 homers. My God. Uh, let's see. He signed. Yeah, like five years. Looks like 75 million or so. I mean, that's not. Would you would you avoid that with Molina? Because Molina obviously. Molina is like, but Molina's their pitch faming pitch faming god. But I mean, I guess in hindsight, like I mean, I don't know what I would have done. I can't say what I would have done then because after knowing what I know now. But I mean, he's been great. I mean, he hasn't been as good as he was this 2012 season. I mean, he's been consistently worse since then. I mean, mm-hmm. he's gotten he's gotten older since then, and he's a catcher. He's fallen off a lot offensively. I think that they paid, they might have overpaid a little bit for his offensive value, mm-hmm. which is the difference, right? So, like, they're paying for a career year, whereas the Royals aren't. <laughs> he's he's right. getting worse. I don't know. I don't think I don't think the Cardinals regret that contract at all. I don't think so. I don't, see, the, I don't see why they would. I don't see the Royals regretting this one, even if even if he's a bust. I mean, he's been worth it too, especially those first two years of. I don't know what it is by baseball reference war or by war, but I mean, the two years after that, he was worth almost nine wins, mm-hmm. and that's almost that's worth most of the contract right there in those first two years. True. Plus all the things that I mean, we can't like, measure as, as much with catcher defense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, better than we could in 2012, but, but right. Well, better than we could. Who knows? Who knows what teams have, you know? Well, right. I mean, it's like he's still been... I mean, when you get older, your defense goes as well. But, I mean, he's he was almost a win and a half by Fangraphs war last year. I mean, that's still, for being 33 years old, like, that's really, yeah. really good. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to hear any complaints from me about Yadi Molina. I was just offering it as a point of comparison. Right, but I just, I don't know. I think, I don't know, I can't really make the comparison as easily as you can, maybe. I mean, I don't know if you're, if you necessarily agree with that you're just bringing up just because, but I think they're two totally different players, but... I mean, the only reason, the only reason I brought it up is just because Molina is known for his mm-hmm. catching all of their games, you know, they right. Tony Cruz through all of that and Tony Cruz barely played it was almost comical mm-hmm. so they signed him despite all that wear and tear to the right. extension that's that's the only reason I brought it up right I mean and only the only really like injury things that have gone on with Molina is just his thumb which I yeah. mean he played through it all was it last year he played through it mm-hmm. that's probably why he's his bat has fallen off is because of mm-hmm. that, that struggle well right but that's just his thumb Right, Perez's body. That's not. Might, that's not. Yeah. That's not normal. Perez's like catcher might tear. fall off of his body if no. he keeps going this way. All right. Well, you don't like this deal. I'm fairly indifferent to it. Yeah. Let's I mean, I don't like hate it. I'm not like vehemently against it, but I wouldn't like. I wouldn't have made it if I were Dade Moore. Then again, Dade Moore clearly knows a lot of things that we yeah, don't. Yeah, he knows apparently. They know sequencing. They're really good at that. Unless <laughs> they, yeah. they must have figured that out. All right. Ready to move on to our last topic? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Save so, the, the most stressful one for last. Yeah. So shifting out of the you know, normal on-the-field baseball news, uh, it was announced this week that Heraldus Chapman will serve a 30-game suspension for his domestic violence case. Uh, the first 30 games of the 2016 season... Which, eh, fairly mixed thoughts on. Uh, it's good that the the league is actually punishing a player for, you know, domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's never done that before. 
it's a good, it's a good precedent that he's getting suspended 30 games and he's not, he announced that he's not going to appeal it. So they don't have to worry about the precedent of it getting overturned in arbitration, but 30 games doesn't feel like a ton. Mm -hmm. Especially because he's a reliever and he's not going to play in 30 games either. Right. But I think the big thing is about it being, not being longer is that he's still, if he doesn't, like, accrue enough service time this year, the Yankees can still control him for another year through arbitration. I think that was probably a bigger factor in it than we'd like to acknowledge. Right. So would he would have, have had to, to miss 45 games. Yeah, right. So that's part of why I feel weird about it, is that 30 feels, like, flexible and negotiated. Mm-hmm. It, it, it feels like, you know, Manfred and the legal team sat down with... Chapman's agent and the players union and ironed that out, mm -hmm. which is, I'm not really comfortable with, you know, like, all right. And then there's also the part that he was never like arrested or formally charged. True. There was no formal, but charges, he also yeah. didn't, he's also said he's not going to appeal it, which kind of makes you think that he was guilty, but yeah, I think, I mean, that he was guilty or that there, or that he knows that this is a deal made right. behind closed doors. Right. Given, given the mandatory, 80 game suspension for violation of the, of the drug policy. Right. 30 games for, I mean, we don't know. We don't know if this is because there were no charges. We don't know how this will be handled. There'll be a test. You know, Jose right. Reyes has his case pending in Hawaii and it's going to come down sometime relatively soon. Mm -hmm. But like if 30 games is the benchmark for domestic violence, uh, Chapman's involving, you know, a gun that he was shooting at his girlfriend. Right. Uh, that's that's a pretty low baseline. Right. I definitely agree. Like that. Yeah, I agree that you get suspended for using for using PEDs for half the season, but then like if you shoot a gun in your house while fighting with your wife, you get thirty games. I mean, it's kind of like I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of walking on eggshells here a little bit, or like I'm running on eggshells. Right. More, but yeah, I mean, just to to wrap it up. I mean, it's a good precedent. It's fair to nothing. I'm glad they didn't do nothing about it. I mean, yeah. if anything, like it just. I think just the stickiest part about it is just the service time thing. Because then, as shitty as it is, like the players' association would have come at Manfred a full force that they would spend it for longer, and then the Yankees get it for another year. But. Chapman should agree, be punished. I agree. You know? I agree. Like, I agree. I agree hundred percent. I don't know. And the Yankees, I don't think are really worried about this at all. You know, they have Andrew Miller and Dylan Batances. They didn't really need Chapman. Is it Batances? I thought it was like Batances. Oh my God. Wow. On that note, <laughs> just that's you. enough of that. <laughs> I'm not having that. We've already, we've already decided on Donsby. All right. So, Sorry to end on such a down note, but thanks for listening this week. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more. We're back. Back in action. We won't disappear for four months again. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, and if you do, feel free to blame me. Brandon sure likes to. I love to. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. If she likes it, guess we just don't.